Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rulemakers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players in the $750 billion business of sports. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. $998 million, the cost of a proposed new home for the St. Louis Rams on the city's riverfront. NFL executives met with Missouri Governor Jay Nixon recently to receive a comprehensive update on the plans for financing the stadium as team training camps open. The state has a task force working on a plan, but is also counting on the city of St. Louis to provide a portion of the funding. Like San Diego and Oakland, St. Louis has the chance to develop a definitive plan to keep the NFL team in town before the league begins the next round of franchise musical chairs. Here comes Saturday Night Basketball. ESPN next season will televise Saturday evening games on ABC. The sports network has already started doing this with college football, while the NFL has scheduled playoff games for Saturday nights. Starting on January 23... ABC will air games beginning at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, its fourth day of weekly pro basketball telecasts. NBA coverage is expanded based on league popularity, superstar identification, and major corporate sponsorship. But has it reached a saturation point? Oh, he's had to clear. He's got away. Saved! $250 million. That's the price tag of a Miami soccer stadium David Beckham plans to have built for his Major League Soccer expansion team. Beckham reached a deal to negotiate with the city to develop land next to Marlins Park. The location provides for the opportunity to create a thriving sports and entertainment district in Miami's Little Havana neighborhood. The stadium itself will be privately financed, and while all sides trumpet a victory, facility development in South Florida is a long and tedious process. Stay tuned. Now, from the stadium to the arena, the dean of all commissioners, his 22nd and a half, 23rd year, good friend, NHL commissioner, fantastic entrepreneur, and got to be the best commissioner in sports, Gary Bettman. Hey, how you doing? That, that's awfully uh, wordy. How about we just get down to the <laughs> substance? Uh, congratulations on your new show. Thank you, sir. Do you remember the song, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston? Yes, I do. Well, let me tell you why it's important. When you were appointed as commissioner February 193, that was the song that was number one on the charts. It makes us feel both old, doesn't it? Actually, in the quiet moments when you and I together, you sing it to me on a regular basis. <laughs> you are a senior statesman in the league and senior statesman in sports. And when you went to Cornell undergrad and you were just getting through your career, did you ever think that, that you'd ever be running a $4 billion hockey operation and be the longest-standing commissioner in the sport and longest-standing commissioner in North American sports? Well, you know, the answer to that question is very easy. If, if I were to say yes, you'd either think I was lying or insane. Uh, but the fact of the matter is no. You know, I went, I went to Cornell. I was in the School of Industrial and Labor Relations, had a wonderful, wonderful undergraduate experience there, went to NYU Law School, and went to one of the big New York firms. I, I had started out to be a lawyer. I was always a hockey fan. I was always a sports fan. But uh, uh, I never imagined that this is what things would turn into. Uh, the, the great news about 
being in sports, particularly being at NHL at the NHL, is you have an opportunity to to forge relationships uh, with wonderful people, and that is what makes the job exciting, stimulating, and fun. All right, you can do it. Give me your 30-second elevator speech assessment of the overall health of the game. The game itself, what the players do night in and night out, has been nothing short of spectacular. Our competitive balance is probably the best, not only in our history, but in all professional sports, and you're witnessing that in these incredible playoffs. And the business of the game has never been stronger, never been bigger, and that's a testament, first and foremost, to having the best fans in all the sports. All right, let's get specific. Let's talk about TV. You got a couple of game sevens. You got a weekend to yourself. NBC TV is happy. Rogers is happy. Canada is happy. International is happy. What's up with TV? Television's good. It's making everybody happy. Uh, The coverage of the game, particularly in the United States, uh, has never been more extensive. NBC does a phenomenal job, both principally on NBC and on the NBC Sports Network. And in the early stages of the playoffs, they use their other outlets to ensure for the first time in our history over the last three, four years that every game of the playoffs is televised on a national basis in the United States. Uh, Their promotion, their coverage, everything they do is first rate, and it's brought the game to more people in the United States than ever before. In Canada, you know, we, we are the preeminent television property, and Rogers is doing a phenomenal job giving fans wall-to-wall coverage. Uh, we are very fortunate to have two great partners for our national packages, both in Canada and the United States. Well, let's talk about Canada. You've got three of the top teams net worth-wise. You've got uh, enlightened management, exchange rate coming around. You've got good play. How have you turned it around in Canada? Well, first, first of all, we don't pay a whole lot of attention to the Forbes numbers on the valuations because they don't have access to the financials of any of the clubs. You know, it's a bit of a shot in the dark. I suppose, if anything, it shows trending, and the trending is that franchise values are higher than they've ever been. You know, when, when people focus on our game, when you look at it in Canada, uh, there's nothing comparable, I think, for any sport anywhere in the world to the relationship that our Canadian fans have to our game. And it's almost breathtaking to see that level of connection. And while we have great fans throughout the world and great fans, avid fans, I think more avid than any other sport in the United States, the fact is our fan base isn't as large as a percentage of the population in the U.S. as it is in Canada, but the fan base is growing. It's growing day by day. And, and that's a testament to the fans we have, to new technology, to what NBC has been doing and what we do with our sponsors and business partners. Which is more important to you, the fact that the revenue was about $400 million bucks when you took over in 93 to nearly $4 billion now? The franchises are worth nearly a half a billion dollars now, up 20%, or that you've had labor peace since 2005. You know, I have a saying that that drives people crazy around here that everything's related to everything else. The fact is, we, we were in 93, a little over 400 million. You know, we're approaching roughly 4 billion. You know, do the math. We've been talking about what the cap is likely to be. So, you know, it's in that ballpark. But the fact of the matter is, everything starts 
with the health of the game on the ice. And uh, we have a system that works, that creates incredible competitive balance, that gives fans of whatever team you want to root for the hope that your team can make the playoffs, and every team has that hope. And once you make the playoffs, anything can happen, and that's what we're witnessing. We're better able to connect fans to the game. We're getting more exposure and promotion, particularly in the United States, than ever before. And so all the pieces of the puzzle are important when you're growing the game and the business of the game. Is 30 teams too many or just about right? All of our teams are in the best shape they've ever been in. Couples still have some work to do, but our ownership situation is, is the strongest. Franchises are the most stable they've ever been. Let's talk international. you expanding, obviously, across the pond, but our Thomson Reuters audience ought to know and wants to know, what about the Olympics? What's your process today? We haven't given much thought to the Olympic process. We're currently focused on bringing back the World Cup, which we'll do in September of 16, and that'll be a great tournament. We do international efforts, events, in conjunction with the Players Association. We're joint ventures in doing that. And uh, over the last few years, until Don Fear took over the union as executive director, there was a lot of instability, so we weren't able to pursue many of the initiatives that we wanted to. Now that the uh, union is stabilized, we're working together, and I think the World Cup will be the foundation that's our jumping-off point for doing a whole lot of other things. We're a sport with a great history and tradition relative to uh, international play and international competition, more so than perhaps any of the other North American sports leagues. Roughly 25% of our players, some of the most elite players in the world, come from outside of North America, and we're, we're going to uh, make sure that our reach continues to grow outside of North America. You get along with Don Fear? Are you planning for the future now? Yeah, no, we, we're, we're in the midst of a long-term collective bargaining agreement. The union has never been stronger or more stable uh, in recent years, and that's a good thing. And so uh, we're able to work together and engage in a number of initiatives that will uh, benefit fans and hopefully grow the game as well. You're known as a franchise bulldog. You save franchises that are that are worth saving. You'll go to bat for those markets like uh, Phoenix, but it doesn't always work. Uh, look at Atlanta uh, going to Winnipeg. Uh, in that context, what about the Florida Panthers? Florida's in a rebuild. Uh, there, there were some fundamental things that had to be addressed and fixed. And the good news is under Vinny Viola's ownership, the commitment and the resources are there to put the right things in place. The team is more competitive than it's been in some time, and the response from the community has been quite strong. Which criticism do you find most unfair, even if it's inaccurate, that you've attempted to Americanize the game to the detriment of Canada, or that you expand into the Sun Belt at the expense of more traditional hockey markets in Canada or the northern U.S.? You know, I don't, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to that. The fact of the matter is we're trying to make the game stronger, bigger, uh, everywhere it is. The fact is I was instrumental in instituting the Canadian Assistance Program in the late 90s, early 2000s when, when there were problems with the Canadian franchises. We want the game strong wherever it is. We're excited about the, the future prospects of our game everywhere, but... We focus foremost on the places where we are, which are Canada and the United States, and whatever else we may do, including worldwide, we, we know where the priority is. 
So if you were commissioner for a day and you could wave a magic – oh, oh, you, you are commissioner for longer than a day. So if you wave a magic wand and you didn't have to worry about building consensus, what major change would you make? I don't know. I mean, the fact of the matter is that, that that's fantasy land. There are no magic wands. Things require consensus. There's no magic bullets in anything. It's all about hard work. It's a great time to be a hockey fan, and that's what uh, drives me more than anything else. Are you traveling less and enjoying life more? Uh, traveling lots and enjoying life. I love what I do, and while travel's part of what I do, it's not something that that I find to be unduly burdensome. Uh, it's fun to get out, see uh, how organizations present their games in their own arenas, to interact with fans everywhere we go. That That's part of the fun of what I get to do. Where is Gary Bettman five years from now? Uh, if I feel the way I do today, I think there's a song that goes like that. I'll still be doing the same thing. I love what I do. It's, a, it's, it's fun. It's interesting. It's a great challenge. And there are great opportunities. And as long as the Board of Governors is, is happy with me and I have the same level of interest and energy and commitment, then we'll keep doing this. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. The producer of the show is Alex Cohen. Audio producer, Adam Wieson. Technical assistance provided by Jamie Weber, Tanner Simpkins, and Carlos Waddick. The executive editor of Reuters Digital, Dan Colarusso.